0: Welcome, citizens, to the third episode of Liberty Vigilance. The following was originally recorded as an actual play role-playing game for the Liberty After system. If you'd like to create your own adventures set in the Liberty universe, which could actually become canon as well, Liberty After is available now for download on libertyendures.com and also at drivethroughrpg.com. That's drive... T-H-R-U-R-P-G If you pick up a copy today, you'll also receive a bonus 60-page fully illustrated book, Atreus, A Citizen's Guide which has information on the history, culture citizens of note, and places of interest within Atreus. Both titles are also available through our Patreon. If you're interested in bonus content like bloopers, character creation, our soundtrack, patron-exclusive episodes, and lots of artwork, then please consider joining our Patreon team today at patreon.com libertypodcast. We really couldn't do without your support, and we are extremely appreciative. Thank you for listening, and remember, Atreus endures.
1: Episode 3, Lost and Found. The journey through the inner wall to the Central City District takes a considerable amount of time as the team experiences the flood of midday foot traffic at the main security checkpoint. Once within the Central City, there's a rest station not too far away that investigator Sylvanus Klarhout is familiar with. The team, losing energy as the day presses on, could use a rest and relaxing lunch at the station or they could continue on to Victory Causeway and finish their day early. A brief discussion ensues.
2: Well, we may as well stop for a bite, right? Keep our minds fresh.
3: Was that a for or against food consumption?
2: Uh, that was a that was a for. I want to work on an empty stomach.
4: Now that you
5: mention it, a meal would give us an opportunity to talk to one another about. Something less depressing than missing persons.
4: Yeah, it'll probably help us wake up, too. All right.
1: The team pushes through the sizable double doors of the closest tower, just beyond the checkpoint. A diverse array of pleasant aromas drift pleasantly through the room, complementing the warm temperature and inviting atmosphere. A large central room stretches three stories tall, On the left rises the staircase for the upper lounge, with ample seating overlooking an impressive floating water display levitating over the first visible basement floor. Would you look at that? The basement, accessible by one of the many escalators, also boasts a diverse array of resting areas optimal for social interaction, sleeping, or eating while watching broadcast. To the right is an artesian food kiosk called 214, Stop and Smell where patrons use their credits to purchase a meal that has been uniquely shaped and flavored.
2: So is this a situation where I could exchange my meal for, like, kind of more repaired food?
1: Horatius McBride recalls that he can also use credits instead of physical meal to purchase goods. <laughs> Great. Horatius kind of takes out some of
2: his meal, looks at it, makes a face, and then heads over to the kiosk to see what he can do.
3: Greetings! What can we do for you this afternoon, cutie?
2: Well, what are my options?
3: Well, we have a diverse array of uniquely crafted meal fitted into a dozen unique styles. We have handheld meal, like bread or spicy chicken-flavored puffs to savory protein wedges, blend drinks, sweet soft cold foods, and... I am very poor.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. Didn't you say that you worked in meal manufacturing?
3: Yeah, but it doesn't mean I like it. (laughs) And it doesn't mean they pay well. It's not (laughs) like I'm going to smuggle out food.
2: Well, based on your occupations, that makes me the most wealthy. Rub that in, why don't you? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying that I have a consistent job, unlike a GSPI, and a bachelor's, which I worked very hard to get.
3: At least my parents are alive.
2: Ouch. Oh. Oh, is that directed to me?
3: (laughs) I don't even remember if that's McBride's backstory or not.
2: (laughs) Nope, I live with my parents. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Way to burn two bridges at one time. See if Horatius ever loans you some meal.
3: <sighs> Can I suggest the sandwich?
2: Sure, that sounds great.
3: That will be eight credits.
2: Horatius holds out his mark. Cool. So now I have eight less credits?
3: Yep. But I
4: could buy you dinner if you're free.
2: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to start tracking things. <laughs> hmm. dun, dun. I'll make a spreadsheet.
4: Maybe next time, then. Well, I'm poor as shit. And as Horatius just left a meal canister on the table before scanning his mark, I'll swipe that up while casually leaning forward, acting as if I'm looking at the menu. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Will anyone else be ordering anything?
4: Never mind. I'll just have a tofu. I find an unoccupied seat and consume Horatius's tofu.
2: <laughs> well,
4: here you are, cutie.
2: Why, thank you. This looks amazing.
3: Let me know if you'd like any spice with it later. All right, so Diana is contently, uncontently eating her kind of tasteless tofu, and I'm going to watch whatever happens to be on broadcast. I think I've heard about this one. He's supposed to be a pedophile, right?
5: No, just one of his co-workers. There's no real news here. It's just Long's West looking for more gossip.
3: I want to watch the news, not a gossip channel.
2: I'd just like to say that as she's doing this, Horatius just sits down next to her with this amazing fucking looking sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? You watching the news? All right.
3: Yeah, uh, I worked on that.
2: Oh yeah, you did a good job. It takes a crunch.
3: Yeah, I did. That's why I get paid.
2: I'd
5: just like to use one of my uh, tofu meal if I may.
1: The members of the team who consumed meal lose one meal but gain one empty tin. Oh, I see. I they could either keep it, recycle wonder, it at a nearby receptacle, or what? litter. I feel, like there's, I, I feel
4: like I feel like I need to pull my team aside and kind of... Uh, hold on, I
1: think that's me.
2: Emergency message from S.N. McBride. Huh. Yeah, excuse me, I need to check this.
1: Upon opening the message, McBride determines that it was only accidentally marked emergency and that his parents require his assistance formatting data papers to sell at the market next weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Horatius just kind of, he covertly, like, sends off a message saying, like, you know, I'll, I'll be home tonight and I'll be able to help him out with that, no problem. smiley face emoticon.
3: (laughs) Hello? Antia? Yes? Diana, can you hear me? Yes.
0: Can you hear me, Diana?
3: Yes, I can hear you. Yes.
0: Oh. I thought you would be more pleased to hear me. Your tone sounded callous. Never mind, then. What did you want?
3: Did you get my message?
0: Yes, but I have not had time to look at your map.
3: Well, could you? It's fairly urgent.
0: Did someone flush the formula for a new meal flavor down a sink or something?
3: No, it's classified.
0: Diana, I honestly would love nothing more than to help my big sister on my day off. But we found a new babysitter and have plans this afternoon.
3: What about when you return?
0: Mm. Those plans include a date night.
3: What about after those plans?
0: Night implies the entire evening. Have fun. You're welcome.
3: Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's faster than usual.
5: You don't seem to have the best relationship with your sister.
3: How very astute of you, Claire Hout.
5: Oh, just a moment ago, we were on a first name basis. I'm just saying that you might be appreciative to have a
2: family.
3: I apologize for my coarse joke earlier.
2: I also want to add that I, too, am sorry your family's dead. <coughs> not like you're personally
5: responsible.
2: Uh, it still sucks. I couldn't imagine being without my family. Fringe? I think I'd even cry if one of my neighbors died. Yep, we've got quite the setup in our tower. We all grew up together. The Fays, old Mrs. Gibbard, the Otanis... What district are you from? Six.
4: Claire Hout, your file indicates that you have a sister. Ulpia Patel in District 3. Is that inaccurate? Probably.
5: But we don't talk anymore.
4: I see. Any particular reason?
5: Well, if you're digging into my file, you've probably already found it.
4: If you're referring to the Wyatt incident, how would that affect your relationship with your sister, who apparently aids in the creation of medical supplies?
5: Can we not talk about it?
4: If you insist, but I would appreciate hearing your stance on the incident, since we're expected to work with you and trust your judgment.
2: That how you got your cool scar? What do you know?
4: That you attempted to murder an officer of the Special Defense Force, failed, and were disgraced as an investigator. You now work largely with the DCO to supplement your faltering freelance income because no one will hire you.
5: Did you read the part about why I wasn't executed or imprisoned?
4: I want to hear it from you. <sighs>
5: Some time ago, I was hired to look into the death of an officer of the Special Defense Force who died while on a routine patrol in the No Man's Zone. I was hired by his daughter because the details of the mission report were suspicious at best. Now, based on previously documented reports from the same patrol route and subsequent ones, small details seemed off. I don't quite know how to describe it beyond that, but it looked as if his partner, one officer Thracius Wyatt, had falsified her witness statement. I ultimately wasn't able to prove anything at the time, but the case stayed in my thoughts. A few months later, Wyatt had another similar experience where, once again, she was the only survivor in a fringe special forces operation gone sour. Then, a year later, one of her superior officers died from a sudden and obscure illness. My investigation all but proved that this superior officer was poisoned but it was difficult to show that the murders were related because her methods were different each time. So I did the next best thing and set up a perfect circumstance for her to strike again in a training mission deep in the mines. One of my... one of my closest friends agreed to be the bait, and I was also to be present, though hidden, so that I could capture her attempted treachery. That mission... it ultimately failed. I won't go into details, but she was so much faster than I could have imagined. There was an explosion, a tunnel collapsed. Once again, she came out the hero and claimed that I'd panicked, attacked her, killed my friend... My surveillance gear was destroyed in the collapse, along with my credibility. It was my word against hers, and I could either claim temporary insanity or be accused of premeditated attempted homicide. My sister disowned me shortly after learning that I'd survived.
4: Have you continued your investigation into Officer White since then?
5: Officially, no unofficially she's been assigned to the fringe not much I can do this side of the wall
4: and you recently moved to district 13
5: yes district fucking 13 directly above a barber shop that plays the most obnoxious music imaginable what was the purpose of this inquiry again
4: to decide if I can trust you and I like you Sylvanus I think we'll get along just fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, me too.
3: Why are you looking at me? I'm just silently judging you all. Well, thanks.
2: I
5: think I need a moment.
1: Clairehout stares at the water display, captivated by its design to defy gravity. Lights illuminate an ever-shifting sphere that collects and ejects droplets of water to and from the pool below. Though it holds no cultural or symbolic significance, the aesthetic of the flowing water and the ever-shifting colors of refracting light, combined with the occasional holographic images, presents an almost hypnotic work of art. The sheer size of the display is impressive, and the team can feel the additional moisture in the air due to its proximity.
2: So when you said you liked him, did you mean you liked him professionally, or you're, like, attracted to him? Because that'd be kind of cute. Shut it. I mean, you're both healthy, middle-aged people. It's perfectly normal. Middle-aged? To... Yeah, you're in your 30s or something, right?
4: Late 20s, thank you. I keep forgetting how young you all are. It's all those scars.
2: Well, like my mom used to say, the minds make a minor look minor. <laughs>
3: and with that revelation, I <laughs> think we should take some time to look at the next missing persons report.
4: Excellent idea, Azad.
1: But you never said if you were into them. Missing person number three. Dr. Janice Dobson, male, with an unhealthy, pale complexion, bleached yet graying hair, 35 years old with a doctorate mark. Dr. Dobson is a meal manufacturing engineer with the VF. He lives very far away from the other missing persons in Building 18 on 1811 Saints Street in the Central City District. Family includes his parents, Janice Sr. and Severus and his sister, Tersia, who live in District 6.
2: You're still avoiding my question.
4: You have a girlfriend,
2: right? Yep. Laura She's the smartest citizen in District 6. I could talk about her for hours. Go on. Well, first of all, and I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to suggest that I can only appreciate women for their physical appearance. Uh... You know, I'm, uh, I'm a softer guy than you might expect based on my trade. I'm able to see beauty in all facets of life in much the same way that a uh, work of art can be appreciated in many different ways by many different people. Go on. But I do just want to say right out the gate that uh, Lorrae is absolutely stunning, completely gorgeous. Uh, no other woman in Atreus can compare, and uh, that is definitely one thing that I really appreciate about her. Uh, now even beyond that, I mean, you gotta consider the brains on this woman. Uh, she, uh, I am just constantly amazed that she manages to put up with someone like me. Oh, hey, Sylvanas, is she ready to go?
5: Yes, thanks for that. Let's go.
1: The walk to Victory Causeway takes an additional two hours due to vexatious foot traffic, and the walk up to Saint Street takes an additional 20 minutes due to a temporary security checkpoint that's been set up at the base of the main stairwell to the St. Street overpass. A brief walk from the staircase brings the team before Building 18, a single, elegant, two-story apartment overlooking Victory Causeway.
3: Wait, two stories? Yes. These people are swanky.
1: Diana Azad perceives that 1811 St. Street, the home of Dr. Janice Dobson, is swanky. All
3: right. All right. So he has an entire apartment building, not apartment building, but like a two-story apartment to himself? Yes. Or so we think. All right. (laughs) Um, Oh, but he's missing, so he's not using
4: it right now. Let's go inside. Uh, Knock first. His file indicates that he lives alone.
5: We should probably still knock, just in
2: case. Sounds sounds, uh, good to me.
4: My security clearance should allow us access into the building.
2: Here I was, getting ready to bust the thing down.
4: <laughs> I think I'm starting to like you, McBride. <laughs>
2: Don't touch the
5: door just yet. I want to make sure that the place isn't trapped. It happens from time to time. In retrospect, we probably shouldn't have let Horatius just walk right into Baker's apartment.
2: I see. Maybe warn me of possible danger before I do something potentially risky next time.
5: Hmm. Okay, it seems to be safe. No security systems that I can see. I'll go in first, just
1: to be sure. Through the doorway is a small foyer with a closet on the left. The foyer opens up to a central living space, complete with a lone high-end couch and recliner. On the right, a hallway leads to a personal lab. A staircase on the left leads to the second floor. I would like to examine the room
2: in greater detail, if I may. I'll do a perception roll. Which, sadly, I don't get a bonus for at all. That's better. <laughs> Particularly observant,
1: McBride notices dried blood smeared on the entrance floor, as well as dirt from multiple boot prints.
3: I'm going to look at these with an investigation check.
2: Would there be a mundane reason for there to be a bunch of... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not gone!
3: I'm still cursed! Not one! <laughs> oh, is that a boot? Are those boot prints? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, there
5: we go.
3: I I ignore <laughs> it fair. and walk on.
5: <laughs> I'd like to take a closer look at the blood, if I may.
4: I would as well when you're done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if Solgad is going to critically succeed at something, what were you rolling for?
4: I'll take a small sample of the blood and use my hood to see if it matches any information we have on file. I'd like to verify that it belongs to the missing person, Dobson.
1: Agent Cassius Solgat is able to determine that the blood likely belongs to the missing person, Citizen Janice Dobson, as he had a fairly rare blood type.
4: The blood appears to be the same type that we have on file for Citizen Janice Dobson. It's a rare blood type, so it could also belong to his family. Ah. I submitted it to the lab, and they should be able to verify that it is for sure tomorrow.
3: He does have family based off of our information. Uh, both of his parents do still seem to be alive.
1: Claire Hout still needs to roll as well for his investigation of the entrance.
3: I sure can.
5: <clears throat> Not much help.
3: I attempted to investigate the bedroom, and instead I just walked around.
5: The walls in this single-family habitation are all imbued with smart technology, capable of becoming transparent, projecting images from data and personal devices, adjusting the local temperature and pressure, capturing audiovisual data... Oh... And the outer walls appear to be set to record upon motion detection, which means we're being watched. Hmm.
3: So we're being watched. What do you mean?
5: Looks like uh, the walls are motion activated. They might be recording either video or audio on us.
2: That also means they might have recorded whatever happened to make our friend bleed. True. Does anybody know how to operate these things maybe uh, get us back to some previous footage?
3: can attempt to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I have all of these pluses, but every single time I roll the dice,
5: <laughs> it's horrendously bad. What's your computer use?
4: For computer use, I have a plus 6. I'm going to look around for something I can interface with. Huh. Okay. The recordings from the smart walls save to a device, but they don't save to the building itself. Also, they seem to be locked to only interface with specific devices. I'll see if I can find one of them. Diana walks into the large
3: bedroom.
1: The second floor features a master washroom complete with a bath, a guest room currently being used as a storage space, and a master bedroom. The closet in the bedroom contains Dr. Dobson's wardrobe. He appears to be a generally neat, minimal, and highly organized individual with no personal ties to anyone beyond his immediate co-workers. The master bedroom is sparse, with a dull blue carpet, disorderly bed, and a lone holo table.
3: Uh, the hollow table.
1: Hassan discovers that the table is a recreational gaming model typically used for playing digital games. Okay. A cursory review of the programs on file. Show nothing is out of place.
3: Alright, so can I check out the junk room? Like what is his junk? If he doesn't have personal ties to anything or What is he collecting if he doesn't collect anything? That makes no sense.
1: The guest bedroom mostly contains personal effects, clutter, linens, further lending to the idea that Dr. Dobson has no personal ties or interests beyond his work and perhaps the occasional digital game. In addition to a few effects from his childhood, Azad locates some chemicals she knows are associated with meal production.
3: Would I know that as being something that they should, like, people shouldn't bring back from the lab?
1: After examining the chemicals closely, Azad concludes that they are harmless and perfectly legal, given Dr. Dobson's education and occupation. They lend to the theory that he may have been conducting research somewhere else in the home, which, according to his record, is sanctioned.
4: Does the report say what his level of clearance is, or what his professional qualifications are?
1: Dr. Dobson has a doctorate mark, a rare feat. He has attained the highest possible level of education and prestige in his given field of study. The manufacturing and modification of meal. Meanwhile, on the first floor... Is it possible for me to look in that closet? Claire Hout looks in the closet. Behind a few cloaks and coats rests a lone privacy hood. Ah, can I access it? The privacy hood appears to be encrypted with a password. Looks like I've got a two on computer use. <laughs> I'm going to wait and uh,
5: just hold on to it until... Deanna either comes downstairs or I go upstairs.
3: Diana walks down the stairs. <laughs> Nothing upstairs, guys.
5: <laughs> Azad, can you help me with this?
3: Sure thing. I can certainly try. Okay. That was amazing. Nice.
1: Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Azad hacks into the privacy hood. It was an intricate password comprised of four separate words which substituted numbers for vowels. In addition to years of notes on variables pertaining to meal efficiency, the privacy hood controls the cameras to the entire habitation. Is there any way I can turn off the current recording first? Claire Hout disables the security systems for the home. Perfect. And then can I just bring up the last entry, whatever was before us? It has a setting that allows the user to project the images from the hood, either onto the walls in the lab, the living space, or the upstairs desk. I'm just going to go ahead and put it in the living space, if I may.
2: Horatius, incidentally, has been wandering all over the place, looking in all the wrong type of places for anything that can interface with these walls. Then he comes back in like, I've been looking all over the place, and I can't find any... Well, I guess you found it, huh? Okay. Uh, did you find anything useful?
5: Let's see what's on here. Oh... (laughs) Oh, this is nice. Hey, guys, I found something. Uh, Get over here. Watch this.
1: The security recorder outside the front door is motion activated, and the footage has a clear timestamp. Prior to a short video of the team's arrival, they watch Citizen Hadrian Baker and two unidentified men wearing CDF garb approach the front door.
6: Please identify yourself citizen hadrian baker sanitation i'm here to investigate a complaint please open the door
1: the timestamp is just over two days old 30 hundred hours dr janice dobson eyes groggy from sleep and dressed in a bathrobe opens the door
5: <sighs> pleasant evening citizens What's the nature of this? I'll give you your hands, or I'll make us painful.
1: Hadrian reveals a pistol as Dr. Dobson is quietly bound by the two men.
7: Be careful with this one. It'll be very difficult to replace him.
1: The two men stand Dr. Dobson up and place a dark bag over his head as he gives a minimal, frightened protest. Hadrian pulls up his privacy hood and leads the men beyond the range of the cameras. Motion ceased. The footage ends.
4: The Archon.
5: Need time to pick my jaw up off the floor.
4: <laughs> um,
3: would I be able to identify would Diana be able to hear like um customs maybe customs the fringe or customs atrius to hear whether or not the man who spoke sounded Atrian?
1: Eh Asad determines that individuals accompanying Baker did not sound Atrian.
3: So I'm gonna do another thing where I raise an eyebrow and I would like to expand the scene to investigate if they have the mark, because I do not believe that I saw it. Do you think they might be Fringers? It's not only possible,
4: but it appears to be probable.
3: I look at the footage of when uh, Dobson was taken and try to see what it is that he's wearing, but it looks as though he's wearing nightclothes, which doesn't really help the situation. But I do remember... Baker was dressed exactly the same as when he left uh, his apartment with his privacy hood. So I run a trace for Baker's privacy hood, this time starting from this location.
1: Azan has a difficult time attempting to find this information, concluding that Hadrian's privacy hood is not currently connected to any internet within Atreus. Its last logged location reads as a nearby checkpoint...
4: I'm going to start cross-referencing the sewer map from earlier with maps of nearby sewer tunnels. Sylvanas, do you have any contacts in sanitation in the Central City District?
5: That's oddly specific, but no. Do any of you? No. No.
4: Nope. This map isn't very well labeled. I can't figure out where the starting point might be in order to get some sort of bearing. You said there was a closet upstairs? I'm going to see if there's anything you might have missed up there.
1: Are there any other
5: records on the privacy hood to play?
1: The other security files contain audiovisual footage of Dr. Dobson around his home in the day to day. He is typically either working in his lab or sleeping in the bedroom. Claire Hout concludes that Dr. Dobson is a sad, sad man. It's after Sylvanas is satisfied that's all there is to see,
5: he'll shut it down.
3: So, I'm trying to call my sister because she works in the sanitation department and I want to run the map by her.
0: This is Azad. I am not available. Please leave me a message, and I will reply at my earliest convenience. I am going to call my mother. (laughs) All right.
3: (laughs) I'm playing the aggravated family card. Um, I'm actually going to call, I think, my mother, (laughs) and then tell her to tell my sister to call me. (laughs) Hello?
6: Oh, hi, Diana. It's great to hear from you.
3: What do you need? Can you call Antia and have her call me, please? She's not picking up.
6: I think she has a date tonight.
3: Oh, I know, but it's important, and she's not taking my calls. It's not even time for her date yet.
6: I, I can try to reach her, but it's—but you know how she gets. Is everything okay? Is it something I can help with?
3: Um, mm... with Antia.
6: You-, you don't normally call her, so I- I'm concerned.
3: Well, she's useful in my current situation. Uh, My co-workers and I are working on an issue involving sanitation, but she's not being useful in the situation because she won't talk to me.
6: Okay, well, I I can try to call her, but there's no promise that she'll return a call today. She already dropped off her kids.
3: I thought she said she got a babysitter.
6: Who were you expecting? So, uh, how are things going with your new secret job? Have you saved the world yet? Shh.
3: Everything is fine, Dad. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Please tell her to call me.
6: Are you in mixed company or something?
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Oh, uh, well, when you get a chance, please come by. Um, I need to talk to you about the NAS shots. And you have a niece and nephew who would love to see you, too. Perhaps some of your success will rub off on them and they'll be more like you.
3: I'm sure you're all plenty busy, and I will talk with you later. Reven Durs.
6: Reven Durs. I love you.
3: Uh-huh.
6: Are you too cool to say that in front of your secret agent friends? I bet they love their parents.
3: I'm pretty sure half of them lost their parents, and this conversation has officially exploded <laughs> in my face.
2: <laughs>
3: May the Archon watch over you. You too.
2: I totally love my parents. All right.
3: If I don't get a call from my sister in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be so mad. All right, so can I... While we're waiting, um, can I go downstairs and go into the lab? Because I work in in meal, so I'm assuming I would be able to tell if anything was sort of out of place. (laughs) Like, cyanide probably shouldn't be present. um, Or some other things. So let's go find out.
1: Azad enters the simple lab space containing various chemical agents and substances that are not easily identified from a distance. A small washroom is connected to the lab. Uh, Are you sure that's appropriate right now?
3: (laughs) No, because I'm a horrible roller, but I'll roll. Um, Investigation, or...?
1: Azad needs to make an investigation check. (laughs) The chemical agents and substances are those associated with the creation of meal. A few of the chemicals are flammable, though proper precautions have clearly been taken, and they are appropriate to be in his possession given his occupation and clearance.
3: And he has clearance to have these outside of the lab? Yes, Alright, can I just investigate more thoroughly the entirety of the lab? Yes. Alright, uh, I'm just assuming that's investigation, so D-20...
1: The lab space was originally a kitchen that has been converted.
3: (laughs) Hmm. So, I was unable to find anything of interest in the lab, it seems.
2: Well, you know, before we take this whole investigation any further, we're a little out of our depth, aren't we? Shouldn't we be contacting our superiors? We just witnessed an abduction. Not firsthand.
3: And I believe that those were fringers.
2: Exactly. I, and that makes it even more dire.
3: I mean, I would like to possibly put it to a vote for car- contacting Sergeant Mueller.
2: I suppose that's fair.
5: I would be okay with contacting Mueller. Hmm. I think.
3: That's the same way that I feel.
5: <laughs> I think. I have concerns.
3: Should we possibly wait for more information on where Baker was taken before we contact Sergeant Mueller?
2: I suppose there wouldn't be any harm in doing a little more investigating and reporting at the end of the day.
3: Perhaps we're being too hasty in our judgments. It would be terrible of us to make the assumption that something as horrible as Fringers being in Atreus... Like, to to say that, to make that accusation, to bring that fear into the city, maybe we should gather more information first.
2: Absolutely. I suppose that's a good point, but what's the alternative? A costume party in bad taste?
5: Just thinking out loud here. Do you guys believe that he was taken for his knowledge or for his blood?
2: Well, they did say to be
3: different. Oh, wait. Customs. Knowledge, customs. Um, knowledge, customs, the fringe. I'm gonna roll it.
2: Oh, good call.
3: Not gonna do well, but gonna roll it anyways, <laughs> guys. Whoa, not bad! <laughs> Some Fringer groups are known for consuming or utilizing Atrian blood.
5: I'm assuming if they went to the trouble of disguising themselves and breaching the city, if that is the uh, plan we're running with, I'm just curious if they would just steal a man to eat his blood, or if they would need it for some reason. Is there a, a Fringer leader that is ill who needs a blood transfusion, or...?
2: If it was just a pack of Fringers, I might be inclined to believe that they just wanted his blood, but but we've got Citizen Baker involved too, and that's what makes this bizarre to me. Why would he be involved if all they wanted to do was take this guy for consumption? They said in the video that he wasn't easy to replace. What does that mean?
3: Well, he he does have a doctorate in meal manufacturing, so the fact that we know the Fringe has such a resource scarcity in meal might mean that they're possibly trying to increase that, or possibly... They're trying to restart or fix one of the defunct meal manufacturing facilities that are currently in the Fringe. They would need somebody to possibly operate the machinery or find a way to create meal in an environment as hostile as the Fringe.
5: His case file just also says he has experience in advanced mechanical technology. I'm wondering if it's even related to meal, whatever they need him for.
3: Meal manufacturing requires a lot of large technology and manufacturing um, facilities. That's why we have More than one per district. (laughs)
5: I'm glad you're here. I learned something new.
3: Well, it's what we eat. It's what we pay people with.
2: I guess I just don't understand why a citizen would feel that kind of altruism toward the fringe. Hmm. Do you really think that he's helping them out, or is he doing this for some grander purpose that wasn't clear in the video?
3: Well, during the war, a lot of people believed a lot of things about fringers. Some people are still... Under the idea that they aren't the monsters that they are.
2: Hmm. Well, considering that they've led a formerly upstanding citizen to kidnap one of his own, I'd say it's clear what kind of malign influence they have.
3: Well, we definitely have a a line now between Baker and Dobson. I mean, we we saw Baker. We know that this is happening. We know that Baker was not actually taken by anybody and that he went of his own free will. So now if we can track Baker, but I've attempted to, and as far as I can tell, his hood is no longer inside the the city. So I think really the best course of option we have are the sewers. Everything keeps driving us back to the sewers. My sister will not get back to me about the sewers.
5: I'm just trying to remember. I know Cassius was looking at the marks, but he concentrated on Janus's, which we already know is a doctorate mark. Let me bring the footage back up, if I may.
1: Clarehout pulls up the footage.
5: And can I search, or uh, any of the other...
1: Either Hadrian or the other members of his team, are they ungloved? Clarehout determines that the individuals accompanying Hadrian Baker are not wearing gloves. Any of them show marks? Ah. Clarehout uses the zoom feature on the device to determine that both men have matching tattoos on their left cheeks, but that they lack the mark. The tattoo appears as a symbol of... Three flourishes tied together with an encircling band. It is unfamiliar to the group. I'll do
2: customs, the fringe got a plus one in it for some reason.
1: McBride could alternatively roll for occult knowledge. Ooh. Oh,
3: there's knowledge. Um,
1: oh, god,
2: uh, I don't know, they sure do look like a tattoo.
3: Reeve,
5: okay, <laughs> let me see if I know anything about the paranormal. Damn. Well, will you look at that? <laughs> I've read a book or two. <laughs> Stop oh my pretending.
3: gosh! Oh my god! So what? What did we get? We got five, four, five, four, and then <laughs> Sylvanus comes in and gets a seventeen natural, so nineteen total. That's unfair.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a good thing we've got our master of the occult over here. I don't know what we'd do without him. <laughs> He sure is the most not. <laughs>
5: Childhood wasted practicing sleight of hand is finally coming in handy.
2: <laughs>
5: I'm just remembering, as though from a fever dream. I read a book once that uh, sounds surprisingly close to this symbol. I think it was called something like uh, the Fleur de Lis. I think fringers used to use it to denote uh, upper
2: class
3: <laughs> citizens. Fringers have upper class? Well,
2: apparently their upper class is involved in kidnapping strangers. Yes, they can't be too...
3: Alright, so we most certainly recognize now that they are fringers. There wasn't any doubt beforehand, but additionally, uh, now we know more.
2: They are especially fringy.
5: So we can confirm that Hadrian was with at least two known fringers, and they've kidnapped a doctor.
3: Hmm.
2: The more I learn about this, the less comfortable I am keeping our superior in the dark.
4: Yeah. Well, I can safely conclude that Janice Dobson is the most boring missing citizen in existence. Nothing at all is out of place. What did I miss, team?
5: We determined that on the cheeks of the gentlemen, that is to say their faces, was a flower de symbol, which I'm horribly drawing in our little group chat map screen right here. And it's been determined that it's some sort of upper-class fringer thing, or perhaps it indicates that they might be at least respected fringers. If I'm remembering correctly, according to a book that I might have read while in a a fever-dream-like state, we were debating if we should call Enforcer Sergeant Mueller to apprise him of the situation now that there are fringers potentially on this side of the wall directly involved in our investigation.
4: Well then, we need to report this to Enforcer Sergeant Mueller immediately.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking.
5: I can literally think of no reason not to. (laughs) I'm not
4: objecting, but I don't want to be the
3: one to make the call. Fate of the world should not be in my hands.
5: But your dad has so much faith in you.
3: That means... Okay, I can't say it means nothing cuz my dad listens to the podcast.
5: Uh, no,
2: you're fictional.
3: I know, dad. but I don't want to say I don't want to say those words cuz I feel it might hurt him.
2: <laughs> I'll call him.
7: What do my bright volunteers have for me today? How did it go?
2: Well, uh, it went well in the sense that we uncovered a lot of information, but poorly in the sense that a lot of that information is concerning. It appears that missing person number one, Citizen Baker, is not missing but left of his own will and volition. Further, it appears that he traveled to the residence of missing person number three, Janice Dobson, and may have kidnapped Janice along with a pair of what appear to be Fringers. What? Are you sure? We have a video. The Fringers appear to be speaking in their dialect and have Fringer tattoos on their bodies.
7: Detestable. Truly detestable. Uh, I agree. This will have to be escalated to a multi-district search. I'm contacting the Civil Defense Force, and I'll send a note to the Enforcer Sergeant in your area. We'll need to find him before... well, I'll need to find him. While you bring this information directly to the Department of Special Services, they'll certainly want to talk with you. Dr. Dobson has information regarding meal production that's extremely valuable... Any problems could stem from this, if he's taken beyond the wall. I I know it's somewhat improper for the DCO to impose on volunteers like yourselves, but as a citizen's life is truly in danger, and this case now involves fringers, I need to insist that you immediately report to my contact within the Department of Special Services. This matter must be handled promptly, and with the utmost secrecy. The DSS will undoubtedly want to question you directly, After you speak to my contact, that will undoubtedly be the end of your involvement with the case. And you can all go home for the month. Uh, well, back to your normal jobs. I will undoubtedly have new cases for you when you return in three weeks.
2: Well, I'd be pleased to assist in whatever way is necessary.
7: Are you still at the home of Dr. Dobson? Uh, yes we are. Then you should be able to take the Skyrail from Station 9 to Station 10. My contact agent Tongs will be waiting for you in basement level 3, located just beneath station 10. Again, it's been a privilege to work with you. I'll keep in touch.
4: Reven doors. Reven While we're here, we should follow up on the sewer map to discern where it leads. I suspect the entrance might be nearby.
3: Well, we thought we were going to try and... I mean, we can always come back to examine the sewers in this area. Smart thinking. Let's get moving.
5: Absolutely.
0: Liberty Vigilance is created and produced by Travis Fengroff, with editing and writing assistance from KA stats, starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Buckley, and Caitlin Stats, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Christy Luce, Charlie Barnett, John Grills, Sarah Werner, Jeff Clement, Max Lando, Paul Maya, and Dave Finoy. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn, Stephen Mullen, and Brandon Strader. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader, with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original Game Master was Travis Vengroff, with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially like to thank Citizens Ariel Teague, Anton Scalia, Zach Israel, Daniel Urchwal, Kat Sanzo... Chris Anrico, Scott Morrison, and Austin Barth. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.